Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. So let's pray and then we're going to get in the word. Father, thank you. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you that the Holy Spirit teaches us your word and opens up the word and enlightens us and speaks to us through the word of God. And I thank you for your presence here tonight because we can't do anything without you. And so we just thank you for the anointing upon our ears to hear, upon softened hearts to receive the seed of the word. And we give you all the glory, not just only tonight, but every day in our life. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen. Well, uh, today I, I had the privilege of watching President Bush's um, funeral. And I don't know if all of you in here uh, saw that or not, but I mean, I just sat there and cried and cried and cried. And, and I just thought it was just so wonderful and so honorable. And they were, he was such a noble man. It's not a political message. And so uh, I, I just was sitting there listening, and, and uh, the first person to speak was um, in the eulogy section was a man who was a historian. And uh, he, you know, he knows all about history of the United States and everything. And so he was talking about the history of President Bush, and he was saying that, you know, how he was a fighter pilot, and he'd been shot down, and he was the youngest uh, aviator at that time. And and um, so he went on and he talked about all of the personal things, all the service uh, jobs that he'd had all these years, how he was like the, the Republican national chairman, and then he was volunteering, and he was like the, um, well, then he was the vice president, then he was the president, and then he, and then he started talking about all of the uh, changes in our world that happened under his watch. And, you know, I, I really guess I didn't, know all that, and I was just listening. And so he was talking about, you know, all the things that uh, he had done. And so he got to the end of it, and so he said this three words that just jumped out at me from that TV. I was just sitting there, and I just, I thought, my goodness, Lord. Uh, He said this phrase. He said, he was talking about all the wars and the invasions and all those kinds of things, and he said, He was steadfast in setbacks. And I just, my mouth dropped open. And I just thought those three words, steadfast in setbacks. I'd never heard it said like that before. I mean, I already knew what I was going to minister on tonight and had in my heart. But then when he said those three words, I thought, oh, I needed to hear that. I mean, steadfast in setbacks. Because sometimes we can hear the word and we can just say, oh yeah, I know what what that says. And I know this and I know that. Sometimes you just have to hear it in a little different way for it to just get revived in you like it's brand new again. And so when he said he was steadfast in setbacks, It was just like my eyes were just even opened and I thought about the scripture. And I want to look at the very beginning. We're going to start in James chapter one. And I'm sorry, I left my water over here somewhere. Thank you. See, I I get nervous. My mouth gets dry. 
you would think. And so we know what the scripture says, even without us turning there. But you know what? Uh, maybe you don't turn there. Maybe you click there. I, I don't know how those things work. But, uh, you know, when Don told us to do that text thing, I dialed the number. And nobody answered. <laughs> and she had to take my phone away from me and <laughs> tell me, no, that you're doing it wrong. I just didn't get it. So anyway, text there or... Click there, whatever. James chapter 1, verse 2, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly developed, fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. And um, I love that scripture. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That's how I memorized it as a kid. And uh, I thought about that. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this. But I thought, you know, falling into diverse temptations count it all joy. I need to just reverse the scripture there. But to me that said, steadfast in setbacks. I mean, how many have ever had a setback? Okay, let's all be honest. Okay, yes, everybody in here. We've had setbacks. But if the scripture says to count it all joy, I can honestly say that I don't know that I've counted it all joy when I've fallen into diverse temptations. Setbacks. I want to think about that word for just a minute. Another word we could use there would be, say, disappointments. How many in here have ever had disappointments in your life? We can all raise our hand on that one. Amen? And I get disappointed when, you know, when sometimes when things I pray for don't happen in my time frame, or maybe, you know, they'll happen uh, when I'm in heaven, I don't know. But uh, I get my heart, and this is what happens. I get my heart set so much on the outcome that instead of my heart being tied to God. Now that's a key. That is a key to steadfastness in setbacks. Just sometimes we set our heart, we get our heart tied to the outcome instead of our heart tied to God. And when we do that, sometimes when we get our heart tied just to the outcome of what we're praying, we forget about the relationship that we have with God. And our heart becomes tied to this setback. And sometimes it's not about God anymore. It's all about the outcome. And our heart needs to be tied to God. At all times, because if it's not tied to God, you won't be able to consider it joyful and you won't be able to be steadfast now uh, and you won't live today. I find a lot of people aren't living today. They're living for the outcome. They're living way out in the future or they're living in the past. But to be steadfast in setbacks, we have to be present We have to be today. We have to live well today. 
I mean, I can't wait till I get to heaven and, you know, decide to live well then, or when I'm 98, uh, which is young, by the way. <laughs> I can't wait till then to decide to live well. I need to live well today. I need to count it all joy. I need to be steadfast in setbacks instead of just having my heart tied to the outcome. Have you ever had a disappointment? Yes. You know, disappointments. I, I've been disappointed in myself. You don't have to raise your hand on any of these. I've been, thank you. I've been disappointed in myself. I've been disappointed in friends. I've been disappointed in jobs. I've been disappointed in finances. I've been disappointed in relationships. I've just been disappointed in life, haven't we all? But, you know, it, it just takes sometimes somebody getting us back on track, saying, no, get your eyes back on the Lord. Be steadfast in your setbacks. And, you know, I think it's really hard if we don't have somebody sometimes to encourage us because, you know, we all kind of look at it this way. Well, you know, the final outcome of our destiny, we're going to be in heaven. But, you know, I, I didn't want to put up any pictures because I thought it would have been a little bit too over the top. But if you went to a cemetery and, you know, you read a, a tombstone, which I have a sister who loves to do that. <laughs> She's just kind of weird. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, she likes to go to those old cemeteries and read the, you know, what they say. And it'll say, you know, like born in uh, 1923, died in, in 2016. You know, it has like... 1923, and it has a hyphen, 2016. But I want to tell you something. Life happens in that hyphen. You know, it may just look like a little hyphen there on that tombstone, but life happens in that hyphen. And in that hyphen is what's important. How we live well every day. How we stand steadfast in setbacks. Living well today, standing steadfast. And so the word says, you know, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations. Consider it all joy. But I want to say this about that. You have to take it in time because I want you to think about just a minute. It's really hard sometimes to keep standing when you've been believing and standing and believing. But What's happening, which I see in the body of Christ, and I can say this because this year I'm going to be 73, so I can say this, is that I see Daniel chapter 7. Let's look at Daniel chapter 7. I see this coming to pass. Daniel chapter 7. That's after Ezekiel. And this is what I see happening. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And he, and this is talking about a vision that Daniel had in the last days. And he shall speak words against the Most High God and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Do you see that? It says, wear out the saints. Now, when you have to stand steadfast 
in setbacks, count it all joy. You know what? I'm telling you, disappointment can wear you out. You can get tired. You can become frustrated. You're doing anything but counting it all joy. And it says, the saints will get worn out. Now, sometimes, you know, when the enemy comes against you and comes against you and comes against you, one situation after the other, you just get tired. And when you get tired, you let your guard down. I know because I, I have been there before. I've been in this scripture before. And it says here, it says that he shall speak words against the most high God. You know what he does? He says, God didn't really say that. God didn't say that. Well, you believe God and nothing happened. God's not like that. God is mean. God is judgmental. God is keeping score. God sees what you did. You see, he speaks out words against the most high. He speaks out words that aren't true. But when you get tired, you're more, ten, you're more prone to believe a lie. And I see that's what's happening sometimes. Because we're, we get tired. We get tired. You get tired. I get tired. There are times when we just get tired. Thank heavens for the Holy Spirit. Thank heavens that he, he renews our mind. Thank heavens we can come into praise and worship and life is restored. But I'm telling you, I see a lot of worn out saints. Because of standing steadfast in setbacks. But the word says we are to stand steadfast. He comes and he wears you out. He wears you out in your mind. Because the battlefield is the mind. He weakens your resolves. He weakens. We get weak. He destroys you by fear and worry. I would show this to you, but I don't know how. Uh, on my phone. Um, I don't know where it is, but I sent Don this uh, thing the other day. And uh, so uh, he sent me back his answer. You know, I'm waiting patiently for an answer. I'm waiting for encouragement. And I get back this text from Don Ray. You are in fear. That was the whole text. <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's right. <laughs> but you get worn out with that. You get worn out by worry. It just frustrates your mind. And, you know, it frustrates you. And sometimes it just gets overwhelming because we, we have our hearts set on the outcome and not on God. And, you know, life is not like a TV program. I don't even know how to turn our TV on. And uh, so I have to wait till I have company. <laughs> Somebody, help. No. Um, but it's true. I don't know how to turn it on. But last night, uh, my husband was home. And he's very seldom home because he's the ER doc. And so he's gone a lot. And so... We watched a movie and I said to him, does it have a happy ending? Because if it doesn't have a happy ending, I'm not watching it. 
Okay, how many can relate? <laughs> because I don't want any more bad news. I don't want any more disappointment. I don't want any more. I just thought, does it have a happy ending? And he's like, well, I don't know. I've never seen the movie. I said, read it. Read about it. What does it say? <laughs> Look it up on the Google or whatever. Just do something. Just look it up. And he goes, well, I think it's okay. It's a family movie. And uh, it was, uh, I don't exactly know, but it was The Christmas Princess. You like that movie? It's got a good ending, doesn't it? I mean, the title sounded okay. The Christmas Princess. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and just in this short span of time, you know, this girl who wanted to find the perfect Husband, she couldn't, but she went over to somewhere where the man was going to be king and they fell in love and they loved each other and then they kind of had a little spat, but then they made up and she became queen. They got married. It was a happy ending. It was like in an hour and 20 minutes, it was over. It was a happy ending. But you know, life isn't always like that. It doesn't always happen. That test or trial doesn't always go away. And like 30 minutes or an hour. It's not a TV it, program or a sitcom, but I, I want a happy ending. Because sometimes, like I said, we can get worn out. But this is what I have found out over years serving the Lord and because of what the Word says. Circumstances can be exhausting. And let me tell you, when you get tired, the door is open. When you get tired of standing, when you get tired of believing, the door is open for the enemy. When you get tired, physically, mentally, spiritually, I know a lot of people who've gotten tired. Maybe, they've, maybe you know them. They've gotten tired of standing. Well, I, I know. I understand that. But I want to show you just something, how, how these doors kind of, I was thinking about this. First of all, we have this assumption that everything is going to work out good. And I'm telling you that it will work out good, but we don't always know exactly the time frame or how, what God's good is, or it may be till we get to heaven. But we still believe. But we assume a lot of things. We assume we're going to get that million-dollar check in the mail. I'm still going to my mailbox. <laughs> but we assume that. We just assume that. And then it doesn't happen, so we get disappointed. Now, remember, these are open doors. Like, I assume that this is going to happen for me. See, that's what I want. That's my outcome, and that's what my heart is tied to. Right. Having our heart tied to the outcome only will wear you out right. and will open the door to the enemy in our life. And so we assume, and then we get disappointed. And then I want to say this. When we get disappointed... This is what happens. We become isolated. We isolate ourselves. And that's a dangerous place to be. I isolate myself by just putting that phone away in the drawer and forgetting I even have one. And then somebody will say, I've been trying to call you all day. Well, my phone, I don't even look at it. But we become isolated. And I want to say this about that. That is why small groups are so wonderful. Yes. Yes. Small groups. 
not last semester, but the semester before last, I had a group of women and we would meet and we just had the best time. I mean, we would study the word of God and we would encourage each other. And uh, this time I wasn't able to, I hope I'm able to the next time have a group because they strengthened me. They gave me strength. We gave each other strength. We prayed for one another because when you become isolated, the devil lies to you. You begin to think everything you're thinking is true. And if it's against the word, it's not true. So we become, we get isolated. And then we get so tired of standing. We cannot be steadfast in setbacks. Because we've become tired. Sounds like kind of a negative message. And I only have two more minutes to... Ended on a happy note. (laughs) I'm getting. So you know what happens sometimes? We go through all those things. And remember, all those things. Assumption. Disappointment. Isolation. Weariness. Those can be doors. Just check your life. I check mine. And it just seems like you have just become dust. Dust. I thought of this phrase. Seriously, I did. I love phrases. I love little word things. My kids will tell you that. Have you ever heard this phrase? When the dust settles. Have you ever heard that? When the dust settles. I thought about that. I must have heard this sometime years ago. I can't remember. But when the dust settles, I thought about John Wayne coming in on his horse and big cloud of dust. When the dust settles. You know something? I was thinking about this. God made you out of dust. I mean, I know a woman came out of the rib and all that kind of stuff. I don't get all that exactly, but started with dust. It did. Dust. It says that he took the dust of the earth and he created man. So, even though you become isolated, you become discouraged, you become weary, don't give up. Because God can create something wonderful out of dust. He made you, didn't he? Yes. And you're wonderful. Yes. You know, another time it talks about dust in the Bible and dirt, really, is when Jesus told that man, you know, he put some mud on his eyes, some dirt on his eyes and some water and told him, you know, go wash it off. And his sight was restored. I mean, so this isn't a hopeless message. It's just a message to have us check our heart and see where we are. Steadfast in situations, steadfast in setbacks, counting it all joy. Let's look in Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at these scriptures really quickly. Because the word, I mean that clock is going. Isaiah chapter 40. 
Verse 26, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created thee. He who brings out their number, their host by number and calls them by name, the greatness of his might, because he is strong in power. Not one is missing or lacks anything. Let's look at verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord of the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And those who are weary, to him who has no might, he increases their strength, multiplying it, making it to abound. Even youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall become feeble and fall exhausted, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. Do you see that? They shall run and not get weary. Yes. Waiting upon the Lord. He doesn't grow weary. We grow weary in these battles, but when we wait upon the Lord. So I want to encourage you to anchor yourself to Jesus. And one more thing, let's stand because that'll make Don think I'm closing. (laughs) Because I can see that. So when you get exhausted and when it's hard to stand... When you're weary, and when you're like, what do I do? You know, I said I like phrases. I was thinking of John Wayne. You know, he comes in on the horse, a big cloud of dust. But you know what he sometimes says? He goes, partner, partner, oh no. Those are fighting words. Have you ever heard him say that? Partner, those are fighting words. So I'm going to ask you tonight, what are your fighting words? What are your fighting words? Well, I have a list right here of mine, and I am going to read them. (laughs) Coming over here. (laughs) Isaiah 61.9. Now, these scriptures are all for my kids. Because this is my heart. Isaiah 61, 9. Their offspring, that's my offspring, shall be known among the nations and their descendants among the people. All who see them in their prosperity will acknowledge and recognize that they are the people whom the Lord has blessed. I'm telling you, the devil comes in on my kids and tries something. I'm fighting for them. These are my fighting words. The enemy shall see them in their prosperity. Isaiah 43, verse 5. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather them from the west. I've got like, I don't know how many grandkids. I want them all to serve God. I want them to bring him to bring him to the house of the Lord. I get a bad report. I say, devil, the word says he's going to bring my offspring from the east and the west and they're going to serve the Lord. Isaiah 44, verse 3, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Those are my kids. Those are my kids, my grandkids. Those those are fighting words. Isaiah 65, verse 23, they will not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. That's what it says in in the Amplified Bible, or bear children, for they are the offspring of those blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. So I ask you tonight. Thank you, sweetheart. What are your fighting words? 
It's hard to stand steadfast in setbacks. It is. I know that. I know we get weary. But when we come together, we get renewed in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We drink from the well, deeply from the well. Let's lift our hands. Father, we love you. We just worship you. We thank you for your word because it takes that weariness away and gives us new life. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word makes the enemy turn loose and it breaks every chain. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan, a good plan for all of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word. Thank you, Father, that we can stand on your promises. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.